One of the questions that everyone is asking these days is how do we create an appealing in-store experience? From mandatory masks, social distancing in stores and malls, no try-on policies, and plexiglass partitions that further restrict human interaction, shopping is just not as much fun as it used to be. However, there are those retailers who have found ways to create a more vibrant in-store experience and in the process are enticing consumers to come back. I'm Jane Singer, and welcome to A Seat at the Table. Today I'm talking with Ishwar Chugani, Executive Director of Giordano, an international apparel brand that's famous for its high-quality, everyday essentials. Ishwar oversees a vast territory that starts in the Middle East and includes Africa, Eastern Europe, and Central Asia. In the wake of the global pandemic, he managed to coordinate the successful reopening of Giordano's stores and did it all remotely, as well as quickly develop innovative ways to attract customers back into those stores and revamp inventory management as well. Ishwar, thank you for joining me today. I know we're all looking forward to hearing about what you've been doing. These are really exciting times. (laughs) Exciting times, unusual times. You've always been very innovative and very proactive. So I think it would be very interesting to hear what are you doing and, and what has your experience been? Being based in Dubai, you're seeing a view of the Middle East, but also other markets as well. Um, What are you seeing now as we're facing what many people are calling the new normal and adapting to reopening? Well, there are many new imperatives emerging for retailers in the post-crisis new normal. Uh, For us, the transition from lockdown to the reopening of stores has actually been quite smooth in spite of getting it done remotely. Uh, The UAE UAE government has had the foresight to first focus on everyone's health and safety before taking the initiative to reopen businesses in a phased manner. At Giordano, we were in regular contact with our colleagues from across the globe who continued to share their experiences on dealing with the situation. We had to look at things realistically and holistically as we noticed a dramatic shift in how people work, dress up, shop, socialize after staying at home for a period of time. COVID-19 has taught us the importance of shredding complexity in anything and everything to allow for faster decision-making. This allowed us to be more nimble and flexible We had to be able to bend with the situation and not snap against it. Consumer behavior and buying habits pre-COVID will be very different post-COVID. There has been and will be some pent-up demand in the market from consumers who were not able to spend during the lockdown, which has created some disposable income to make purchases today, which perhaps otherwise may not have occurred. Most people are social animals and have a need to see and be seen in public areas. Mm, true. With this in mind, mind, we as retailers have to find ways to bring in the customers to our stores. I'm sure you'll agree with this. Absolutely. Our priority now is to continue to communicate and reach out to our customers to curb their fears and update them on what we are doing to make their shopping experience as safe and hassle-free as possible. Apart from our customers, we also have to make sure that our 
priority is also for our own employees and people to ensure their health and safety comes first. Right, right. Um, at this point, how do you see the level of foot traffic coming into the stores? You know, I would say roughly what percent do you think is back? Well, it started off slow because people were still uh, feeling the market. They were worried. There is a lot of fear. But in terms of foot traffic, the malls are about 70 to 80 percent. Restaurants are open in, our, in this part of the world. Uh, in the UAE, it's like almost back to normal. The only thing missing oh, now good. are the the only thing we miss now are the tourists. But local residents, as uh, it's very hot in the summer, you can't really go outdoors, so they're back in the malls. Business is now between sixty to seventy percent. Good. But having said that, it depends on which industry. For some, it's back to normal. For some, it's still below fifty percent. So again, we need to really look at what the consumers need, what they're looking for, and see how best to offer that to them. You know, I think the point that you made earlier about people being social animals is so true. Could we rely solely on e-commerce? I mean, how important do you feel physical stores are? Well, the retailers that will thrive and survive are those that understand their customers and know what services they will value in store. There is no one magic formula that works for all retailers. The way forward for retailers is to understand the critical importance of con connecting with the consumers and their customers. Consumers post-COVID will be more thoughtful about what they consume and how much they need to consume. I think we also have to realize many people who never went online learned how to do online shopping during COVID, where many brands have actually seen three to 500% increase in their sales during COVID and realized the importance of online. But we should not forget that most customers still like the experience of feeling, touching, interacting with your people and visiting the stores going outdoors. Now, some thoughts possible development post-COVID. Quite a few companies and brands will vanish. Consumers will have to find reliable and satisfying replacement brands. Value, service, and the quality of products will be a key decision factor for consumers when deciding their purchase. Transparency across all touch points, online and offline consistency, it has to be seamless. Contactless payments with full security, health and safety precautions should be fully taken. And how you communicate to your customers, informing them that they can buy from you, they can come to the store if they don't really feel comfortable touching the merchandise, we can place the order for them, get it delivered to them. At the end of the day, we have to make it convenient. There will be less liquidity in the market and lower spending power due to the loss of jobs, which will remain a trauma even after workers get their jobs back. They will spend and save their money more carefully. Post-corona, we are confident that the retailers can bring back the brick-and-mortar experience to customers by live-streaming their in-store activities. Just this week, when we launched our new campaign and collection, we actually did a video of the store, spoke about the products, explained to them, talked about the features, and we realized customers really liked it because they could walk through the store just by looking at it through our social media. 
and it created some interest that some of them went online to order and some of them visited the stores. We can curate customer-generated content and encourage peer-to-peer -peer recommendations on social media, as well as introduce special features such as virtual one-on-one -on -one appointments through mobile apps. What's more, as the pandemic accelerates the shift to digitalization, it has created an environment in which augmented reality and other innovations that support customer personalization and engagement can thrive. So I guess it's a balance. However, uh, in the past, we focused a lot less on the technology and thought that we would grow it gradually. But now we need to fast track to ensure uh, that we are also able to deliver to our customers both brick and mortar as well as online. As we work our way through this pandemic, I think that most retailers are wondering what will be the role of e-commerce and what will be the role for physical retail. Very true. And for us, we recognize the importance and opportunity of the digital economy and e-commerce. We actually started our online platform about five years ago. Uh, business was gradually growing, but we didn't put enough investment in it because we realized business was as good into our stores. However, now we're going to fast track all that. We have witnessed significant, significant growth through this channel over the years, but COVID-19 has shown us its true potential and our priority now is to upgrade our entire online platform and build our digital offering to ensure that it complements our existing brick and mortar retail offering. Investment in, in innovation will be a priority across all levels. We have learned so much from this pandemic that we were able to accomplish many positive changes in a few weeks that might otherwise have taken us years. Do you feel that people are nervous about coming back to stores? I mean, I think that in different parts of the world, the experience has been different. I know in Hong Kong, people are very comfortable being in stores. We've never had a problem with that. Um, in the U.S., there's been some resistance to people feeling nervous about going into stores. Um, what has the experience been where you are? Well, it started slow, but then eventually people realize it's the new normal. You just have to keep your distance. They realize the government is doing everything they can, that each retailer, each shopkeeper, each establishment are fully compliant with protocols and regulations. Uh, also, communication to our customers. At the same time, even within our stores, we reduce the assortment so there's more space to move around. And we have also taken care that all the clothes that are being tried go through another place where we give it a few days, re-steam it. So once we have created that and everyone has created that, starting from the government and the public, now the traffic is almost back to normal. We're only missing the, the traffic that comes from tourism. And I think eventually people will realize that as long as they take care and they, 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 they have more knowledge on what's expected for them, uh, things will come back. What will the next physical retail experience um, look like? Not just because of you know personal safety, but just in terms of creating an, an appealing environment. Well, you know, just to go back earlier, um, 
the fear has been actually caused by infodemic. So it's really not the epidemic that has created more problems, but the over-information, infodemic, especially social media. That after now... So uh, true. People, yeah, people are now re have now realized, and I know many people who don't even read anything that comes on it because it was playing with people's minds, including that, you know, your shoes, where you walk, your clothes. And I think slowly that gradually is disappearing and everybody realizes as long as you wear the mask, as long as you make sure that you don't touch surfaces, wash your hands, and everybody's doing that. So there's always, you know, the fear is gradually reducing. Yes. Now, coming back to the way forward, the next 12 months or even beyond will be quite challenging, keeping in mind the unpredictability of COVID-19. The truth is that things have now evolved, but I believe this is a continuation of many things that were set in motion several years ago. Our entire business model has to change to the so-called new normal. A global pandemic is beyond our control, but the way we respond to what is happening is not. So it's up to us, you know, but if we, are, we, are, we have fear, you cannot move with fear. So you need to understand that this is something that's going to be there and have to be very creative and use experience to find ways on how to handle it. We could say that a lot of us have either had a shift in perspective or learned to live with less under quarantine. Human beings are resilient and will always find creative ways to make the most of it in whatever situation they are in. As a retail business, we had to rethink our supply chain to bring in more flexibility. We also have had to adapt to our consumers' lifestyle changes. For example, the rising demand in comfort wear for at-home time and preference for contactless transactions. After a careful review, we also decided to reduce our stock options and numbers of SKUs, noting that many of the items that were good sellers before may no longer be good sellers post-COVID. Some possible key changes we will see evolving would be like every business has to invest and embrace in technology. That, you know, and I explained that earlier. That's very, very important. But we are not tech companies. Our priority will continue to be on investing in our people because you need good people to actually ensure that the technology is put into good use. That's so true. And so many people seem to think that, you know, the technology can replace people as opposed to enhance people's performance. Yeah, I've seen many companies, you know, they pride themselves by spending millions and tying up with big technology companies, but it never really works unless you have the people to ensure to take it forward. Right. You know, value, service, and product quality will replace price. Yeah, definitely. We're definitely seeing that. Transparency across all your touch points, online and offline consistency, contactless payments with security, health and safety precautions, all this have to be kept in mind. And, you know, and one thing I'd like to share is when situations change, we have to rethink current strategies and build on the strengths that have served us well in the past. Tough times encourage companies to go back to their roots and do what they do best. The pandemic downturn 
only highlights the tiny fractures of a business that went unnoticed during the good times. One of the things that I've always admired about Giordano and what you've been doing with Giordano is that you have such a solid foundation and you have a very strong corporate DNA and you really stick to that. Yes, and it's really the DNA with, with the main focus starting from the top on people. And from the day the pandemic started, we actually immediately created a global communication platform. We communicated with our uh, peers globally, with our colleagues, shared information. Same thing in each market, we created uh, an information chat group for all our employees and we would update them on a daily basis. We would check with them. And that made a big difference, especially when we had to reopen the stores. They went, they were so charged up, they were so positive and they did it on their own without any physical co contact with us. Everything was done online. So I think the most important if the motivation levels of your people are kept high. We, we explained everything to them. We paid them their salaries and whatever due to them in spite of the closure. We actually asked them to come back to us with suggestions to cut costs. And based on their recommendation and suggestions, that's the, that's the reduction we did. And it's now 100% back to normal. It was just for a few months. But we listened to them we listened to them and took it. We we took action based on what our own people suggested to us. Mm. And you know, the the retailers that will survive and thrive are those who understand their customers and know what services they will value in store. There's no single magic formula that works for all retailers. The way forward for retailers is to understand the critical importance of connecting with the consumers. The future of retail will be built around the experience economy where what you sell is less important than how you sell it. Forget about product differentiation. The future of retail will be all about distinct experiences. Create one and you will establish a long-term relationship with your customers. Yeah, you know, I think what you're saying is really very true. And I think it's something that perhaps we've forgotten um, in the previous years when so much has really been about selling volume and releasing collection after collection. It was really less about the experience and less about connecting with the customer. So I think what you're saying is really, I, I think it really defines what today's customer wants. It's very important and at the same time, apart from understanding what the customer wants, we need to also engage with our own people, share our own experience with them and listen to them because they are right in the front line. Sometimes uh, we think that just because we're in the back office as management, we know it all, but everything has to come from the front. So the people in the front know what's best. That's another, you know, I think that's a good point because oftentimes, you know, we've become so data driven that we only look at numbers on the spreadsheet and we forget that that's only part of the picture. And, you know, what you're saying about the fact that the people who are on the selling floor, you know, have a lot of soft data, which is very, very important to also take into consideration. True, true. In fact, I came across a quote um, some time back where it says the key to survival is not assets, not funds, 
not systems, not processes, but people and their attitudes. Mm. And ever since I saw that, my whole perspective of running a company in the last few years has changed. And this has actually affected it in a very positive way that we have a 95% retention rate when it comes to our people. Oh, that's very good. Thank you. Well, we try, we try. We always have to find ways to make sure that um, the company moves on, the company thrives, and the people that are part of the company also are part of the success story. Yeah, you can't really do everything on your own. You need to have that that teamwork. That's true, and especially during COVID, when I, I myself was not allowed in the malls because of the age restriction, mm. none of the man, we couldn't meet. It was the, the team that did everything. We got all 200 stores opened, you know, as and when we were allowed to open in our in the region. Wow, that's very impressive. And globally as well, the same thing with all our Giordano markets. You know, everybody managed to do this, the employees, the team, and it was just about working together. Well, that's the thing. I think that, you know, the more you can get people to work together, you can overcome some of these obstacles. In fact, we also, uh, we have franchise locations in other markets and we conveyed the same experience that we went through. We communicated with them and it actually helped them to re restart their businesses as well. So it's not only for our own business, but we ensure that our franchising, franchise business also benefits from the learnings that we have from our own experience. That's really important because I think that particularly for a franchisee, to be able to get that very strong input from the headquarters, um, you know, when you're facing a challenge like this, can really be, you know, the difference between survival or, or failure. True, and many of them are, have just restarted or it's their first business. And we have to make sure that, you know, we're always there in tough times and good times to fully support them, especially since we've opened uh, some new markets during the year and some of the markets just opened a few months before COVID. We had to see how best to support them. I realize that nobody can predict the future, particularly during a year like this. However, looking ahead, what would your expectations be for the next six months? You know, the situation today is very unpredictable. Based on today's current situation, we expect normal business to take at least 12 to 18 months. That one of the reasons for that is, especially in the UAE or even Saudi Arabia, they, there was no Hajj, no pilgrimage this year. Till such time borders open, then we can get in customers right now. We're very dependent on the local customers, but of course there's limitations to how much they can buy. So we really need to look at a lot of factors. Uh, we will continue our expansion in some of the newer markets or markets where things are a bit better at the moment, especially since last year we opened uh, stores in Mauritius, Kenya, Zambia, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and Pakistan. We have to see also opportunities in Africa, Central Asia, and Eastern Europe. So that will not stop. We will continue to explore new markets. But one of the main push for us is to look at online marketplaces or to work with companies in other countries who have strong connection with online platforms. Because right now, that would be an immediate priority looking at the digital space and online businesses. Right, right. Well, that makes a lot of sense.
So even if we find new partners in other countries, we will not pressure them into opening stores immediately. We will work with them and support them on seeing how they can tie up with local online platforms within their regions and market and give them the know-how, experience, knowledge, and give them the full support. It's this kind of thinking that's enabled Giordano to survive and to thrive for so many years. Another thing as well is for a retailer, inventory should always be an asset, never a liability. And the fortunate thing about Giordano, we pride ourselves globally uh, where we really know how to manage our inventory and we help each other, we move merchandise around. So that, and we're not really very high fashion. So we're like safe fashion. So most of the merchandise that we have will not be obsolete and we can work around it and you know be very creative in terms of how we share within the markets when we release it so inventory can actually make or break a retailer the ability to as you had said agilely manage inventory is really critical yes uh, that's very very important uh, right now and especially before covid we had enough stock that because we were looking at a very, very important period in Saudi where during uh, the Ramadan, we can do as much as four months business in a month. Wow. And we brought in all the merchandise. And because, the, uh, because of COVID and people were indoors, the business did not happen. But then we were able to manage. We reworked our entire strategy as lo- with our principals, with the factories and slow down the deliveries of more merchandise to the Middle East. And at the current trend, by the end of the year, we will be back to the normal inventory that we normally hold without having to go desperate and without having to go, you know, selling it off at very, very low prices. So we're holding on. Uh, we're, We're giving offers to our customers, but normal offers that we would do even before COVID. We're not getting desperate. There's no fear because we're very confident that by the end of the year, once we're back to the normal inventory levels, we then manage what comes in and what goes out. I really thank you for taking the time to speak with me today, Ishwar. You always have a lot of interesting points to share and a tremendous future vision. Always a pleasure, Jane, and thank you for your confidence and for giving us the opportunity uh, to share some perspective, to share some some of our experience, uh, especially in this part of the world.